Hey there, Purpose Warriors. Welcome to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. This is Dr. Burnell from drburnell.com, where we believe that every season in your life serves a greater purpose. If you're new to the podcast, here's what you need to know. We are a community of purpose warriors who believe that God's best version of ourselves is hidden on the inside of us, just waiting to be awakened as we grow in our relationship and continue to say yes to what God has called us to do in the earth. We know that God's purpose for our lives was preordained and the reason why he created us. So every other week, this podcast seeks to explore how to awaken to your purpose from a practical standpoint and become God's best version of you. And we do this by touching upon our five pillars of purpose, faith, relationship, identity, resiliency, and stewardship. If you want to know more about our five pillars of purpose, head over to my website at www.drvernell.com backslash podcast. So before we dive in, I need to share with you that this podcast is being brought to you by my new book, From Pain to Purpose, where I share actionable steps, biblical principles, and life lessons on how I discovered my purpose after a painful and unexpected divorce and was left to raise two children with more than a million dollars of debt, zero access, and a negative network. My book is available on my website, again, at www.drbrunel.com, also on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever books are sold. So if you want to learn more about how to release limiting beliefs, overcome financial difficulties, experience radical breakthroughs, and step courageously into your purpose, then grab your copy today. And remember that God can use whatever unfair or unjust act, any rejection or hurtful experience, and transform your pain into your purpose. So let's jump right in. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're tuning in to the Awaken to Purpose podcast. I have a very incredible guest today. Her name is Shirley King. She is a leadership development consultant, employee belonging alchemist, and an inner purpose and power strategist for accomplished and successful women. She is a champion for women amplifying their voices in the workplace with more than 20 years leading award-winning HR teams. She is the founder and chief power officer of Life on Power, a global leadership and empowerment enterprise that encompasses the brand, What If She Knew She Was Powerful? And she's on a mission to help women overcome adversity, improve resilience, and thrive. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Dr. Burnell. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you here on the show today. And I just cannot wait For you to kind of jump into your story, because I think it is incredible. I think that there are so many women out there who kind of like have a kindred spirit with you with the things that you're going to share. (laughs) I don't want to give nothing away. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm just going to turn it over to you and you can just take it from here. (laughs) So Dr. Vernell, you talk about my bio says it's 20 plus years here and there. But in the middle of those 20 plus years, I'm also a two-time divorcee. Uh, But I do have two beautiful adult kids. There are some great things, but it's sprinkled in those 20 years was some, a lot of adversity, some anxiety, some depression, some self-value that really didn't hold up to who God said I am to him. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see that in the middle of all of that adversity. 
you're talking about starting at 18 and Dr. Burnell and your listeners, I didn't have enough sense when I was 18 to know growing up in the hostel, but I wanted to live with my boyfriend that when the parent says, when you leave this house, you want to be married. Listen, I didn't have enough sense to know. I could have said, no, I'm not. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I thought that because again, you don't want to do anything that's going to impair your relationship with God. And at 18, I didn't have enough of a relationship to know him really for myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I knew what I was taught. I knew what all the adults were doing, you know, growing up um, in a Pentecostal environment. So that was truth for me, right? I mean, I did not want to do anything that would impair the way God thought of me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I did. And I would not even ask you or your viewers to even guess how long it lasted. One, two, three, four, five, six months later, we were out. We- <laughs> Yeah, I was going to be like, did it last a year? Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, six months later. Okay. At 18. You got married at 18. I married at 18. Okay. And literally before I was 19, because we got married the end of the previous year, before I was 19, after I turned 18 and then before I was 19, it was a done deal. I wasn't ready. I was not ready for it. I mean, my parents, I still had to make phone calls and ask about at 18, a college student, freshman, clothing sizes, because I didn't purchase my clothing by then. I was just a baby. You weren't buying your own clothes? <laughs> I was not purchasing even my own clothes. I was a college student mm-hmm. who thought that she had fallen in love with someone. We liked each other, had that baby like in high school, right? That baby like. Mm-hmm. You've done that. <laughs> but then you think you're adulting when you go to college, <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I did that adulting thing too far and too deep, but really based on the fact that nobody talked to me. Nobody said you really don't have to do this. Like nobody. I really got a sense that they knew I was too young, but because I was going to live with him, it's almost like that was better than her living with him. No, that wasn't. I would have learned that thing still six months later and been out. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all that would have happened six months later. So throughout the years, what I discovered in my dating scene is that when I go back now, you're talking about, you know, now I'm a 50 plus Gen Xer, right? And I go back, I'm just discovering that, Shirley, you were literally drawing everybody who was drawn to all the hurt and pain, all the unmet needs that you had, including that 18 year old who had seen his parents and his dad hit on his mom. Now, I was gone before he put a hand on me because I knew it was going to happen. But he was 18, so he was doing what he had seen all his life. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm drawing hurt. I'm drawing unmet needs and all those things, but I didn't know that. I just discovered that in the last couple of years in all reality. Okay. Relationship after relationship, I was dating the same person with a different name. Listen. We've been there, done that. (laughs) So many of us, I think we don't really understand who we are and whose we are. And so we end up getting out there and we have these different encounters and these different experiences, whether they're male or female. So you can have hurt and pain in, you know, female relationships that you have and how those things tend to play out. And then you have romantic relationships, you know, with a man and those things start to play out in a very powerful way that impacts you. And you can't even see yourself clear enough to say, 
wait a minute, what's wrong here? Yes. There is no understanding. There is no clarity as well. What you have, I know what I had was what I was taught as a Christian young woman. That's what I had. And so I didn't know that, you know, there were things that I was in the blended family. I was never kept away from parents and things like that. But I didn't know that I was challenged with this blended family situation and my dad not always being there when I needed him to be there. So I didn't know that until later on therapy, because therapy in Jesus is a thing and it does work. And that is when I discovered that. But dating the same person over and over again Mm -hmm. until I realized that I'm going to say I even said to my oldest daughter about a couple of months ago. I said to her, I apologize, everybody. (laughs) I said to her, who I dated before Mm -hmm. and after your father probably would have resulted in you not having the best positive experience with two parents. Somehow God knew that this young lady right here, I needed to help her out. So her father was someone that was a family person. We didn't end up together. We weren't supposed to, but... He used him so that she could have a good life in regards to two parents. Because mm. I don't think that she would have been able to get through what I got through with my parents. I really don't. So mm. he used that for that reason. Then right after him, guess what? Back to the same person with a different name until the second marriage. Okay. Okay. I think in some ways, I think the truth of the matter is that until you really discover, you know, who you are, I think in Christ, we're bound to repeat certain mistakes that we make. And it doesn't matter how old you are, because there are people probably in their 60s still making the same mistakes that they were making in their teens and their early 20s and so on and so forth, because their mind has not been renewed. I believe that that renewed mind, it means that you renewed in your purpose, you renewed in your calling. And all of that, that renewed mind is what you need in order to make decisions based on whose you are. And when I say whose you are, I mean, God, whose you are is not the person you're dating. Whose you are is not your husband. Whose you are is not even a person that you look up to. Whose you are is just God. And well, um, real. First of all, so let's just keep it real. I mean, the truth of the matter is that we're so conditioned by culture to put our identity in people and things, right? So either it's career, power, status, motherhood, right? Being a wife or for me, you know, of course, men, <laughs> being a husband. Um, so there's like all these things that are at play. And then we constantly feed our, we like feed our minds, we feed our souls of everything that we watch on social media because those things start to represent identity, the number of likes, the number of followers and all these different things become like ingrained in us. So when you say whose you are, some people really don't understand what that means and what that should look like for their lives. Absolutely. Which is why I defined it because I didn't say that because I knew that somebody else listening Uh didn't know that. I say that because I didn't know that. Because I knew that when I did it again at almost 40, 38 years old, I would not have even taken that step. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was the perfect, I mean, the perfect relationship. But this is what I realized. Because I dated this person differently, this had to be different. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, I'm in self-discovery, Vernell. Doctor, you know, I'm doing what I got to do for Shirley. Doing what I got to do as a single mom, right? I'm doing this thing. So I know 
I have to see this differently. Now, I had not done therapy. I had not done anything but stop actively dating. So where did my mind change? And so I was in the middle of finding me and and doing those things that I needed to do for me. And because I found someone in the middle of that, that convinced me I'm doing this different. And I did date differently because of that. So this must be right. But you really know what I should have done? As I go through this stuff, ask God all of this stuff, right? In this last six months of now being divorced a second time, Mm -hmm. God said, I needed you to just know how to be pursued. You weren't supposed to go all the way there. Listen, what I think is so interesting, kind of like about being a believer and then dating, because sometimes, especially when you're in that holding pattern and you're not dating anyone. Feels like the next man who comes and don't let him mention Jesus, um, something like that. You start thinking, okay, this is it. That's the- it. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've seen a lot of people kind of go through that. I think I have gone through that in my mind, not yes. letting it all play itself out. I start seeing things and I'm like, okay, my test is always. Father, you said your best. And when I start seeing certain behaviors, I'll say, and surely this is not it. <laughs> Just Dr. Burnell. <laughs> and then in hindsight, what do you see? You see that signs that they're not that they're a good, bad, or not so great individual. That's mm-hmm. just not my great, right? Yeah. Right. That's not the great one for me. But I did it again. And I stayed longer than I should. Because again, I did not want to disappoint God. This is the second time this has to work. Man, I wasn't 18 when I did this. I was late 30s when I did this. I should know how to do this better. But who said I should have known? Okay. So I stayed because of my, again, my Pentecostal upbringing. I knew a whole lot more at that age, but I realized that at the core of that was you know, getting divorced again just would not be me serving God. So I put it all on me. I need to not think about me as much. I need to make sure that I respond to that other person's needs. I need to really pay attention to what the other person needs because maybe I am not being, maybe I'm being selfish. I know that, you know, I have some selfish traits, so maybe that is expanded and I'm not the person That's really making sure this marriage works. Maybe I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And if I just pray hard enough, Mm. if I just pray hard enough, if I buy one more book on how to pray for my husband, if I buy one more book on how to be that wife, that Proverbs 31 woman, Mm -hmm. if I talk to one more person that can show me and tell me how to be that Proverbs 31 woman, this will work if I if I, if I. Mm. That was so powerful. That was so good. Until I no longer knew me though. And I don't know when that happened. I was still, you know, which is why I talk about inner power and purpose for accomplishing successful women, because at some point I don't know when I no longer knew really who I was. God, I, I was even in the calling that God gave me with what I was doing, but I felt like an imposter doing it. 
So you knew what God had called you to do. Yes. And you were walking that thing out. Yes. And you were yoked to someone. Yes. I did not call you to. Absolutely. I wanted that not to be right. But because it was, because again, I knew a long time I stayed in that thing trying to make it work because the person is brilliant. So it has to work. Like all these other good things are there. It has to work. We just want to call to each other. Let's be real. You know, like I remember Joyce Meyer said, you don't know what misery is until you marry the wrong person. If that ain't right, it needs to be a sticker, a shirt, and put a doggone thumbtack on the wall. Mm-hmm. You don't know what it is. At some point, though, again, I felt like I was impersonated, even though I knew God had called me to it. There were so many signs. It was audible things. All kind of things happened. I knew he had called me to it. But how can you call me to empower women when I can't empower myself? Okay. I'm about to flip out this chair. <laughs> I'm just like, that, what you just said is so good because I think in a lot of ways, I wonder if there's a lot of women out there because I'll just put myself in a category. I've seen myself like I know God has called me to encourage and to uplift and, you know, to support and, you know, bring clarity and things of that. But then when I'm going through something, I'm like, um, (laughs) I feel like, yeah, (laughs) let's be clear. Yes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I don't think anyone, Dr. Vernell, even realized it, right? Because I spoke a lot of on panels and things like that. If you ask me, though, to be on a panel about relationships, I usually somehow got out of it because I felt like I was would be sitting on that stage, on that panel, and I'm an imposter. So then it impeded what I was doing. There were a couple of years, even the team that works with me didn't understand this. Man, I would counsel things, say, we're not doing this. We made, we had a strategy October before the year start. We can't do this. We're not doing that. I would counsel out on maybe a weekly show, didn't feel good. But I realized at some point, all of that was coming together and it was weighing me down and I couldn't get up from under it. Mm. The misery turned to anxiety and depression. The misery then was me questioning my self-value. The misery then was, as I talked to her and said this and all the things that God gave me, I felt like I was impersonating even the words I was speaking. So was I really called to this? Mm-hmm. I realized that I'm with the wrong person, but I was I really called to this? So it was impeding everything at some point. It was impeding other relationships because I didn't want to go anywhere. Okay. That's what depression and anxiety does for you. You want to be by yourself. And then you begin to believe that it's better being in this fearful state because coming out of that, you don't know what's going to happen. So I'm comfortable with this state. I'm comfortable with this fear. I'm comfortable with this uncomfortableness because if I come out of it, there'll be more uncomfort, I think. And I believe until I come out of it and realize The sun, sky, moon, and God was waiting on me when I came out of it. But in it, the only thing I wanted to do was sit in it because I believe I had gotten myself there. That's real talk. Yeah, that's absolutely real talk. I think when you were talking about the idea of just like kind of canceling all these different events and 
feeling like a fraud or imposter when people want to talk about relationships. I think for me anyway, the thing that I tend to do is I try to be incredibly transparent now, right? Now I can do that. I just expose myself. Like I'd rather expose myself and bust myself out than let somebody else do it. But back then I was good at hiding. Say that. I was really good at hiding. Even when my ex-husband left me with those kids and all that debt, I remember somebody asking me one day, like, oh, how is such and such doing? Oh, he's great. Right. Are you at work? I would, yep. Oh, it's perfect. Great. Yes. Yes. Oh, I'll let him know. Right. I just kept doing that over and over. And I felt like I was dying on the inside. Right. So that was me not being my authentic self. And so now I think I've gotten to a place in space where I am more transparent with where I am because I think it's going to help somebody. And I don't think you always have to be okay. I think it's okay to not be okay at times. And now I know it's okay not to be okay sometimes and to say I'm not okay. But like you, I was doing the same thing. If anyone asks about what did you do or did, you know, tell so-and-so and so, and I'll be like, yeah, I sure will. No, I know. We ain't saying a word to each other right now. Listen, okay, first, you speak in my language because I just remember, I remember there was a time when... It was like, um, you know how you go and you, you're with other couples. You're in this setting. There's the other couples around. And my parents had the kids. And so there was a comment made like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you guys are having fun without the kids being there. And I was thinking like, we barely see each other. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like he gets up and leave or I might get up and leave. And it was just in that. I just didn't have the courage to say it. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed to be like, "Uh, actually. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Doing that, right? I feel like I'm trying to create some drama and I'm definitely not that person, but really it would have been just talking about our truths and that's it. Now though, yeah, I'm transparent. I was asked to be on a show during that time frame, And I said, yeah, no, because literally the only thing I can get to people is surface information. That's it. There's no way I can get on this show where I see everybody being authentic and transparent. I can't do that. I remember that a couple of years ago being asked to do that. But now I know that me being transparent and being authentically me is me continually to make sure I remain healed. That's good. That's so good. So you think that there is a relationship between being like authentic and then just being healed. Absolutely. Because to be healed, you have to make a discovery. You have to discover that there is a wound and you're wounded and you're not healed. Mm -hmm. In the middle of the therapy, I had to go back and really discover some things about me that I didn't know about me. Those things, what really allowed me, not just that relationship, but when we go back, right? And I kept dating and marrying the same person over and over again. What is that really? So once I discovered that, the one thing I believe that I went through that, not just for me, but for everyone that's attached to me. So for her that would have heard Dr. Vanell say this 25 times, mm-hmm. but she will only hear the sound of Shirley's voice. I have to be transparent so that I can stay healed. And then the next person can be healed as well. Because that wound needs to stay open so it can remain healed, right? When you put a Band-Aid on a big wound, it just keeps seeping. It doesn't heal. 
Mm-hmm. So if I keep, if I put a band-aid back on it, which is not being transparent and authentic, because that was me. Because some people are too transparent and authentic, right? Their healing is not that they don't know. <laughs> For me, though, this being open all the time, it allows me to remain healed. And that's what I want more than someone not knowing all my business. I want to remain healed. Okay. Okay. So where are you today? So you're six months post-divorce. Yes. You're still speaking to women all around the globe. Yeah. You were hurt, but now you have found some healing, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you open to the possibility of love again? And this time, not the old version of you, the 18-year-old version of you, the 38-year-old version of you, but the new refined version of you. There's no right or wrong answer. Just curious to know. The answer is yes, but it is because I know that I'll draw who I am internally. And I also know that although it's now seven months, you know, post-divorce mm-hmm. and that pursuit and that I would do it in a way that I know that I don't know how I'm going to react, Vernell, because mm-hmm. I haven't been post-divorce in a very long time, right? So I don't know how I'm going to react to someone really pursuing me and doing all the things that I think that someone should be doing. So I would be cautious mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm not responding to something I hadn't had. But I like what you said when kind of like the drawing to you. So before, when you said when you were younger, you were kind of like attracting these certain type of people. Yes. And then now this new version of you, in theory, one would be drawn like a lot more people would be drawn who are similar to you in that way. I want to draw heal a healed partner because I'm healed. Listen, yes, yes. And that's what I want to draw a healed partner. Yes, not the broken, not the broken, the whole yeah. I want whole and whole to come together as two whole, not two halves to make a whole. Whole and whole, two holes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because bringing half and half means that at some point, one of the halves is going to attempt to become whole, like me. And the other half is going to be okay being the half. And that's when that friction begins. Yes, as we kind of like bring this all together, what? life lessons did you learn about awakening to your purpose? I learned that I really had already been doing purpose Mm -hmm. because it was deposited into me when God gave me this life Mm -hmm. and you can't help but to do it. Right. But I did learn that if I do it with tunnel vision so that when someone else is winning, that doesn't mean that I'm being diminished because that's what I was thinking a lot when I was thinking I was an imposter. I was thinking that I wasn't doing it enough because someone that maybe started after me was winning also, was winning way farther than me. And I actually knew, like I knew the answer to that. The win has nothing to do with my win, but because of the anxiety, depression, all those things, what I know now is that God would give me the success that I can sustain. And because I was hurt, I wasn't going to be able to sustain a big win anyway. So I already had it. It was already deposited in me. Mm-hmm. I just had to be awakened to it and began to lean on, on my calling versus my skill. Amen. Amen. This is kind of like a question that I love to ask people. 
What do you know about God that you wish the whole world knew about him? (laughs) Right now, what I know after all of that, Dr. Burnell, is that God is going to restore you while you're in a winning season. You're going to get all that back Mm -hmm. because it still belongs to me. And I don't have to wait for restoration while I'm winning. He's going to allow it to run side by side. I am in the middle of that right now, seeing that side by side. So all those things I thought that I lost, I gave up, I put aside. All of that is restoration while I'm winning in this new season too. I mean, it's running side by side. So when someone says, if you don't pick it up then, then it's done, it's gone. But God will continue to bless you moving forward. No, he's going to restore and move me forward simultaneously. I love that. Oh, God. First of all, that is so good because I just remember a season in my life where I was leaning on and praying. I was like, Lord, you said you would restore the years that the locusts have eaten. <laughs> and so, you know, you just waiting for this restoration to take place. But God is so faithful and continuously blessing. And he has the ability because he stands outside of time to kind of like pull all those things together. Like you get yes. and you got this forward momentum. So I love what you just said. That was so great, so on point and so beautiful. So where can people find you if they're looking for you? They can find me on all social media, hashtag life on power or lifeonpower.com. But hashtag life on power, you'll find me everywhere or Shirley King everywhere. Cause you are everywhere. I feel like <laughs> I see you all over Instagram and I love it. I love everything that you're doing, the way in which you empower women. And I'm so honored and thankful to have you here today. And I just pray that God continues to pour out and pour into you um, so that it overflows onto other people. Amen. And amen. amen. Thank you for having me, Dr. Burnell. I'm so excited. Take care. You too. Beyond my book, if you're interested in learning more about how to become God's best version of yourself by awakening to your purpose, consider enrolling in my online course, which you'll find on my website again, which is www.drvernell.com because God's love for you and the reason why he created you is greater than you will ever know. And guess what? He wants you to succeed in carrying out your purpose.